welcome to another episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Hey Broads! Uh, what it is. Today, Jess has been replaced. Actually, no, she hasn't. This is Jess. <laughs> indefinitely. Mm-hmm. My new. No, I'm just kidding. Jess is really sick, actually, and Ember's throwing up, and Jess has like a sinus. And she, they basically have all the sicknesses right now. So. All 11 of them. Every, every sickness. My co host today is my dear friend, Nick. Nick, do, 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 Nick Lang. Nick's never done a podcast before, so he said he's really nervous about it. And now I think you're going to be our sound Absolutely effects. Absolutely not. I'm so relaxed. <laughs> I'm on my fifth coffee of the day. <laughs> Killing it right now. So for those of you who... So, well, okay. Today, I just want to sit and talk with my friend who we've been friends for... A bit of time now and talk about the evolution of our friendship and also where you're at right now with your career and all of that, because that's a lot to talk about. Um, First of all, if you don't know who Nick is, you need to go on my Instagram. (laughs) This is the soundtrack that you're introducing me. (laughs) Go on my Instagram. Scroll through my highlights. Scroll. On my bio. The bio. Find the highlight labeled Nick. Nick. And then you can watch all the stupid clips of um, Nick and I. You need to update those, by the way. Really? Have I not added recent videos? No, I've been disappointed. Refreshing really? every day. <laughs> it's okay. We need to talk about how we met because actually... Okay, I knew you were going to want to get into this because immediately because this is Nick's favorite story to tell, like, ever. It's not my favorite story to tell. Whenever we're meeting people, they'll, they'll be like, how'd you guys meet? And Nick's like, well... That's well, cracks well, knuckles. We, okay, so we met... When how old were you? You were it was definitely in high school. I was probably no, it was uh yeah, I was in high school, you're right. I was probably like fourteen. No way. Don't yeah, say that. No, you were 15? sixteen. No. No. Seventeen. Okay, wait, how old are you right now? Twenty six. And I'm twenty four. Okay, we're only two years apart. Okay. You were like seventeen, I was fifteen. Okay. I think. That makes sense. Okay. We we let oh, we we met at a super like level ten Jesus camp. This is not just any Jesus camp. This is like <laughs> biblical theology camp. This <laughs> they, camp this camp was called Worldview Academy. They sharpen your rhetoric for fighting for the Jesus building like, you know, you're you're like you're going into battle. It's in actually times. it's not a, like you don't make lanyards, you don't get to swim in a pool or go to the lake or do archery. You are literally all day long sitting in different lectures about like comparing the faith to other religions. You can expand upon this because how many times did you go to this camp? Oh man. You were like a lifer. I think that there's no one that's been to this camp more than me. <laughs> I'm really surprised you didn't become a counselor. Um, I applied. Did you? <laughs> I did. Didn't you apply? Uh, it's called Worldview Christian Academy. Wait, so how many times did you go? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm afraid. I mean, my instinct number was like six. So. I think that's right. I know. Because you kept going even after you graduated. It was something. <laughs> it's something. But we met there and let it be known, Becca and I had... A ma- we were crushing on each other so hard. So... 
Did Don't you dare like take the, that back was now. Was it like at the end of camp when we met? <laughs> you're like, no, Nick, it was no, only no. you. I was going to say, was it at the end of the camp or was it like... Well, no, it was a full-on thing where your little sister... To be honest, I think I've like blocked it out of my memory. I'm not even joking. I only remember like one detail and it was like I was wearing a Tom Petty shirt or something. You're like, cool shirt. And I, I, I literally don't remember shoes. like anything else. That is so Wasn't hurtful. I wearing like Keds? I don't remember. <laughs> I just remember that was it. That was what I... I knew you were the one. And we met there. No, and your little sister instigated all of it. She was like, oh, my gosh. So Becca thinks this, this and this, this and this, and coming yeah, to me. And it was just does. a whole thing. And then we Wiggly had a legendary man. time where we were both on the same bus sitting almost close to each other. Not even not even in the same row, I don't think. Not in the same row, but it was enough for me <laughs> to just know. Oh, by the way, where were we going on this bus? We were going to do big <gasps> Jesus work in the... Um, downtown Sacramento. Yeah, to fight. So this is what we would actually do. They would send <clears throat> us into downtown Sacramento. Not that safe, by the way, to just... <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, children. We were like in groups of three or four. We were assigned okay. to talk to adults. The The point was we were literally co- basically cold calling people, but in person and saying, what do you think happens after you die? Yeah. Which is just like, you know, someone's just getting their coffee, you know, picked up a linen <laughs> can shirt. You, I know. Can you imagine if someone like walked up to you at like 11 a.m. on a Wednesday? Yeah, after numbing their existential crisis after a long week, you know, in the <laughs> office and then just some little twerps come <laughs> up to them, bubbling, old. excited to give them a pamphlet and you know it was pretty it was pretty interesting and the crazy thing is that you were like really really good at it Nick. i was the best like nick was converting people like left, left and, right. and right literally actually though i know i think you had like a record-breaking streak of people that are like i do want to know my yeah. yeah no i was i was the winner i won I, I won. The I camp. won. I won Christianity. No, but then we and so and then we. Okay, had so a, then after that, well, you lived in uh, Nick lived in the Bay Area, and I lived in Fresno, and so basically we just uh, talked on the phone for like three months. Yeah, we text. We had a beautiful, beautiful texting relationship. No, I don't even think I had a phone. yet No, we did. We t- no. No, we, I didn't have a phone. I had to call you on the home phone. That is wrong because I remember the text you sent me saying that you liked me. Oh. Yeah, I remember. Are you sure it wasn't over like instant messenger? No, I didn't have that. You convinced me to get a Facebook. Oh, I didn't wow. have anything. I was like level 10 homeschooled with nothing, you know, banned from everything. And then, um, you know, it was just a beautiful long distance texting relationship. Yes. We went on one hangout to Six Flags, mm-hmm. which is beautiful. And we <laughs> hugged and we <laughs> held hands. That was just everything I needed in my life. And then, you know, I was just... No, no, no. Here's where it all went to I shit. I know how it ended. Here's how it went to shit. I went to dun-dun-dun, public school. Public school. I went, I went to public school and uh, thought I was hot shit like three months later. As you do now. And, but yeah, that was the beginning of the end. She hasn't changed, by the way. <laughs> Am I really not? I mean, no, you're more like, yeah, I know I'm the shit. And the other time you just thought that you're the shit. But I don't get it. I need to What's the difference? I'm just saying words in a random so, order. Um, so then like three months later, yeah. Then, you know, Nick started calling. I started sending the calls to voicemail, that kind of <sighs> thing. And I was just so... The slow cla- burn. Oh, the slow burn. Oh, no, but it was a slow burn to you just pour gasoline on me and set me on fire. <laughs> when I think he said... And honestly, I think he led the message with an honestly comment. You said honestly. No, this is after I called and we had like a re- uh, long distance breakup. Yeah. I ended it properly... 
And Nick Quote was like, properly. I ended it. I called. I was honest and forthcoming. I was kind. But then Nick still wanted to be friends. And I was like, no, I don't even want to be friends with you. You so said, then- honestly, get out of my life. <laughs> I you, On Facebook Messenger, after I sent this long, like, what you don't do paragraph, just pouring my precious heartbroken soul out to you. And then that was it. And I think we parted ways. Actually, yeah, that's kind of crazy. Okay, I'll pause here. Pause here, and then we can continue how we reunited, reunited. years later. Um, Nick, tell me, how do you smell? Amazing. You know, well, you know what? I do, too, because I have this scent confidence. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm>, oh, <laughs> what a segue. Because I'm doused to the gods with product candy perfume from my Scentbird subscription. So, what you don't scent, know about wait, this. What Scentbird? I'm about to tell you. It's a luxury fragrance subscription service for perfumes and colognes, and they have more than 600 designer brands for you to choose a perfume oh, wow. or cologne from each month, and it's so easy. You just go online, choose the perfume or cologne you want to try, and they'll send you a 30-day supply and a sleek, easy to store in a purse or bag bottle. It's very small and wow, compact. Purses, bags, and bottles are so easy to store. That's great, actually. Yeah, because they're, they're actually tiny. They could slip in your pocket. I'm serious. They're cute. Okay. Like Choosing a long-term scent to commit to is hard because designer perfume and cologne is really expensive. But with Scentbird, you can dabble and mix it up with the likes of, oh, I don't know, Tom Ford, Tom Prada, Ford. Dolce & Gabbana. <laughs> the bougie list is endless. And truly, I found amazing new fragrances. And a few I think I'm going to go long-term with. And... With an exclusive offer just for our listeners and you too, Nick, you can get 30% off your first month today. That's only 10 bucks for your first fragrance, like designer fragrance. Okay, that's actually really good. A $10 bottle of like Tom Ford cologne. No, that's actually really good. Right? So go to scentbird.com slash chatty or use code chatty for 30% off your first month. Again, that's S-C-E-N-T bird.com slash chatty for you to try your first perfume or cologne for just 10 bucks. Sign on and smell amazing. Wait, what kind of smells? Do you go for? Are you I like I like definitely. I mean, no surprise here, but I like more like earthy, really? like patchouli kind of scents. Patchouli. I really is don't- that a word? Yeah, it's an essential oil. Patchouli. You know what it smells like if you smelled it. Kind of like a, but you know, in the vein of like Palo Santo and stuff like that. Oh, no, I, can't I mean, I wouldn't have it. a perfume that smelled like it. But also, don't understand these like weed scented candles that everyone's doing. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just and smoke tobacco? Weed? I don't. I don't get Why it. Why the. F- why would you want to buy it? <laughs> you can curse Why on the podcast. No, I don't. I never. I don't curse. <laughs> Why the fuck would someone want their house smelling like cigarette smoke? I don't know. Or is it like maybe fresh tobacco before you burn it's it? It's a tobacco. They also have weed. I don't want to. You get. You open the windows to get the weed smell out. Right. And tobacco smell out. You could maybe- frame people that way. You could like fuck with your siblings and like... Maybe it's like light a, a weed candle for when your parents get to their house or something. Maybe it's like a PC thing. Like, why are we trying to get the smell out? Like, that is just wrong. Dude, we need dude, to include, no, this is what it is. Include all smells. This is what it is. <laughs> People are trying to be fucking cool. So that when they have a date over, they're like, oh, yeah, I just like took some sweet yeah. ball rips. <laughs> you know how we want to open the window? <laughs> you know what? Let's light a candle of the scents. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of the punk rock of candle scents. This is how committed I am to yeah, weed. Yeah. <laughs> Don't can, open that window. In fact, you, let's put the scent into a candle. Can you think of any other one? Tobacco, weed. What's another Tobacco good one? Um, like, why not just have, like, Miller's Light that's spilled onto your carpet, oh, you know? Beer, like, beer candles. I'm sure that they've made that. That's awful. There's nothing worse than when somebody, like, spills a beer on your couch or something and, like, you know smells the, like beer forever. I think the worst scent is old dried up ketchup 
I hate what? this. Yes, I hate the smell. Why? In what context has have you smelled that? Well, you know what? I'm a messy person. Maybe this I messed on so me once. True. Not true. It was just this one time in, in this one time <laughs> in my life where I made a mess and I spilt ketchup on a carpet. Oh fuck! Like a lot of it. Actually, I'm just I just know the scent, but I don't think I've. I probably have spilled ketchup on a carpet. Well, I don't think anyone's going to buy that candle. No. Don't anyway, make old ketchup candle. Have you carpet. have you smelled the ones that are like supposed to smell like cities or places? What? Like they like a Culver City candle? I'm not. That even is not with a you. thing. That is I will a thing. Ref- no. <laughs> Illegal. No, that's that's <laughs> absolute rubbish. <laughs> like, imagine debating someone about that. Oh, it sounds like Culver City. Actually, have you even lived as Culver? This is so Santa Monica. Like, get out of here. <laughs> like, Honestly, I'm getting West Adams Yeah, vibes, I'm getting so West fuck Adams. Off. Yeah, this is a Robertson Avenue scent. Like, you noob. <laughs> like, get out of here with this Culver City nonsense. Okay, actually, I realized before we talk about how we reunited, why don't you give, like, a bio on yourself? Because people are probably like, <clears throat> is this dude British? Like, what's with the accent? Well, Is he gay? <laughs> oh man, I probably shouldn't have laughed after that. I'm not. I'm straight. I'm straight. Um, I was. I'm a straight. Dude. I was born in South Africa, but I moved to America. What city in South Africa? Joburg, Johannesburg, and I have family in Cape Town. And my grandparents, R.I.P., used to farm Nachis, which are little clementines, I believe the Americans uh-huh. call them. I know it's really sweet. And I moved to America when I was nine. I was homeschooled. Up in Northern California, which is why I still think I have a bit of an accent. And I went to school in San Diego and I studied classical piano and composition. Nick and went music. to Point Loma, shout out. Point Loma. You didn't graduate, did you? No, I left after three years to pursue music in Los Angeles. You know, <laughs> it's pursuing my dreams. And um, what year was that when you moved to LA? That was whatever year five years ago from now is. No, it was before that. No, or maybe it's six. Oh, no, no, you're right. 2014 or so. Whenever you move to a new city, you get so used to saying, oh, yeah, I moved three years ago, new four years ago. It's always weird when you add another tick to the, you know, to the jail cell. Um, yeah, and, I, and, I, and then I moved to L.A. and I've been doing music here full time ever since. Unbelievably lucky and privileged to be doing music. And, and yeah, you know just had a single out yes (laughs) i just released a song i did i did it i released a song is it copyrighted am i able to play a clip of it i'm not trying to advertise myself but go listen to my song (laughs) (laughs) at nick lang no we can is i don't know if it's copyright um well i'm gonna play it play it i think that's okay for a podcast yeah whatever i mean i'm I'm going to skip ahead. Wow. I don't want to play the whole four minutes. That's hurtful. But no, no, no. no. You tease. want to play the full... You want to do it, but you, you shouldn't... Wait, I want to get to the part where you start singing. Hold on. It's right here. Is it? Yeah. Can you sing along with it? Absolutely not. She's like the lonely shade of Okay, that's enough of tease. But I want to show another quick uh, part of, like, what, what other one should I play? Um, you could play um, Ticking or Lemons. You're ticking. You, know, you might need a... Yeah, now I get to the chorus. 
I like that. Are you doing harmonizing live? Is that one about me? Um, no, but I actually have a song. Actually, was there one about you back in the day? Oh, I thought you were going to write one for Ruth. I have. Ah! No, I actually, okay, I actually have a song, um, which is meant to be a lullaby, which you would sing to Ruth. Oh? And it's da- yeah, it's like, it's actually, it's all, the, all the songs written, I just need to finish it. It's really, it's really pretty. It was wow. meant to be like, you know, like a song you could sing to like Ruth when you like put her down for be- like I'm bed, like a love song. Obsessed. But then it could also someone could also like re, you know, listen to it in, in a different interpretation. Sure, you know? like a but romantic that was the insp- interpretation. Well, romantic, you know, saying something to someone on their deathbed. Right? Oh my! Yeah, I know it's great. Yeah, yeah, I know. But versatile. I know, but it is. <laughs> versatile song uh, you could use it this context this concept yeah but it was that was the inspiration and, and you know funerals you, birthday parties you know, weddings newborns, you know just all life shit and so yeah. I have one uh, I yeah. mean all that shit is kind of I need to actually play for you I was considering showing it to you today but then I was like mm, I just want to finish it and just blow your mind away with it well that being said go check out Nick's music on Spotify Apple music wherever you listen to your music yes um, it's under just my name Nick Lang and that's L E N G because yeah. a lot <laughs> it's I, yeah because a lot of people think it's an A but it's actually an E, you know. All right. Uh, so how did we uh, reunite? You know what? It was, I was fucking crazy. Actually, actually yeah. I was and dating, random. I was dating a girl who lived in Orange County in Lake Forest, and I bumped into you while with her, and you were with. Yeah, I was with my boyfriend at the time. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. So I was going to UCI. And this is probably like 2013, 2014, probably like yep. probably like four years later, maybe three or four yeah. years later. And yeah, it was so funny. We were walking across the bridge to University Town Center. Yeah, that was And it. I was like, wait, <laughs> hey. Yeah, I know. I remember. I remember. Like, I remember seeing you. Like, yeah. And bridge. we should we were like, oh, we should totally hang out. And then we actually did. We like all went to the beach together. Yeah. Um, and then we just weave back into each other's lives. You yeah, know, we just kind of stayed in touch. And uh, mm. I think you're like crying to me about your breakup with that girl or something, which has kind of set the tone for our our whole well, relationship. We kind of <laughs> we we mutu- you know we suffered through things together. That's true. You were in utter pieces after you and said boy broke up, and then we kind of you know were. Crutches for mutual crutches for each other, which is actually kind of sweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that that's really pretty foundational for a friendship. Actually, to go and go through the bad times. Yeah, and what's so interesting is I've been kind of thinking. You you never know who's in your orbit. Like you meet someone, or and you're like, okay, that was you know that was cool, and then they disappear from your life. And then some people, I feel like, which is interesting because sometimes those are people you think are going to be in your life forever. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, sometimes it's someone that you don't even think twice about. Like a lot of people that I'm friends with. No, I mean the people that like leave. Like sometimes yeah. you think they're going to be in your life oh, forever, yeah. and, you and just, then they're like out of orbit within a few months. And then you know, then some people that you just destined to, they're just in your orbit. They Who disappear, may be off the radar, come, on, yeah. come back in and just flow. And you know, I, I, I know I'm friends with some people from college that I just now and that I see that I see regularly in my life that I never would have guessed, huh. and they're just kind of just in my orbit. And they just disappear, and I just know that I'll see them. 
in one day. So weird. Yeah, so, and that's kind of what our friendship is, has turned into, which has been kind of fun. So you moved to L.A. in, like, I think 2014, and, you know, we'd keep up and yeah, You would drive up and hang out with me. Yeah, I did a couple times, we which was really up. fun. Oh, my gosh, we should share those photos. Remember we, put, we went to the, the Santa Monica and did one of those pictures you put your head in? You know that's mix. They've never named these. We, the picture you put your, <laughs> There's a funny sketch on on Netflix by this game guy James Acast, and he went on a whole rant about the picture you put your head in. And he was like, no one's ever named these things. You know the thing which you, those little pictures the of like face hole. Yeah, the things. face hole. What are those named? It's a picture you put your head in. I don't Have know. you ever put your head in a picture you put your head in? Yeah, yeah. yeah and so we did it. I and don't then, what. I Wait, so we have a photo of us, but I don't remember that. I, rem- I have it. I have. I have it somewhere. Well, it's actually pretty cool because that's. Um, I came to visit a couple times uh, because I was heartbroken and like mm. bored in Irvine. Can you blame me? <clears throat> and so I'd come to visit, and that's kind of where I fell in love with LA. Actually, really, you f- that you really you. Would- I I really had never actually visited LA. I mean, besides going maybe years before to, like, Hollywood and the Walk of Fame with family. Wait, why did you move to L.A.? Well, let me, t- let me get into that. So, which, by the way, I, so many people say, like, oh, I've been to L.A., I hate it. And I'm like, yeah, because you're on fucking, like, Sunset Boulevard, like, where it fucking sucks. Like, as Walk tell, of Fame. Like, As I tell everyone, L.A. is not a first impression city. That's so true. There's, there's, there's pockets for everyone. You just have it's, to spend time. Yeah, I say the same thing. There is literally something for everyone in yeah. every corner of L.A. Yeah. There are suburbs. There are quiet little, mm. like, cottages tucked away. And then there's, like, middle of the city, high-rise apartments, 19th floor. Yeah. Or there's, like, beachfront, small-town vibes. And every type of person in just different little pockets of LA yeah. and that's why I tell people it takes two years in LA to really find you know your your people and your pocket oh because you usually have to go through you have to go through some shit and some shitty people yeah you you let you it happens yeah you put your trust in people that let you down mm-hmm. and you, man that's one of the biggest lessons you learn in LA well okay uh. so so I had never really been before and then I started visiting I was like wait this is really fun um and there's something there's just like this vibe that I picked up on where I was like I don't know why but I want to live here eventually I ended up moving back home for like nine or ten months um I'm back home to Fresno because I was just like losing myself in Irvine like I really was I was just like slipping away and then I was like all right I'm not about to lose myself now in Fresno I got to get out of here again and honestly Nick it's the craziest thing I just started telling people a few months before, oh, I'm moving to L.A. in May. And I had no plans. I just started saying it to, like, hold myself accountable. And, like, so I would find oh. a job. And I started saving up for my nannying jobs in Fresno because I was living with my parents. And I worked two do- jobs, one at an Italian restaurant, De Chico's, and the other one, nannying. And I just started saving up. And I just started telling people, like, yep, I'm moving to L.A. in May. And mm. uh, found a nanny job. Like literally did a Skype interview, <laughs> didn't even like meet them in person and uh, found an apartment, which is Where also was really one? hard. Lincoln Heights. Remember? No. Yeah. It was in that apartment that was on the second floor. Like <gasps> we had some parties there. Nope. You remember my cat, Georgie? Georgie. No. <laughs> okay, well. uh, Georgie. Yeah. No, no. I don't remember a cat. <laughs> it was when I was with Chris. Ah, I remember Chris. Uh, I remember you, Chris, if you're listening. <laughs> Call me back. <laughs> just kidding. So, yeah, so I just moved and just fucking did it. So Nick was like one of the only people I knew in L.A. 
I was the only Which was actually really helpful because Nick is the kind of person, and this is something I really admire about you. Do go on. Where <laughs> I'm listening. Please don't stop. Okay. So mm-hmm. Nick is the kind of person, or this is how mm-hmm. I always knew you to be, where like if you met someone and you thought they were cool, you'd be like, what are you doing this week? Like, let's get coffee. And instead of it being an abstract thing where you'd like swap numbers and never text each other again, you'd be like, let's get coffee this week. Like, I don't have anything going on Thursday morning. And you'd like get numbers and then you would like text them and be like, Thursday, 11, blue bottle. Like, what do you say? And you would just like go for it. Yeah, I was so in that. Yeah, it was just like, okay, you want to hang out? Okay, what about Tuesday? Yeah, like, Not well, Tuesday, but Wednesday. like, and then just do it. But this know? is the insane thing. In LA, that is like, mind-blowing someone not only committing to plans but actually following through is absurd are you still that way no (laughs) are you really not no i'm the opposite people try to pursue me no i'm just i I am still a little bit you know but sometimes but you have like your arsenal of people now yeah i have my arsenal what a great (laughs) what a great word for it i have my arsenal i have my army (laughs) that i've forged or as you would say, your collection. My collection of people. I've got a this type of person and a this type of person Nick, and a this you, type of person Nick, and a this okay, type Okay, Nick of used to say this thing where like we'd be walking down the street and he'd <laughs> see like an interesting person. Oh. And like a tchotchke, Nick would be like, oh my God, he's so collectible. He's so collectible. <laughs> uh, do you guys collect people? You know, when you just like see someone that's just, okay, I saw, I met this, I met this really collectible person on a plane. He had like light up, he was like a, an adult, like a, not like an adult, like an adult. And he had like light up shoes and matching shoes, track suit, and just would look like a beacon of nerdness in the best adorable way. So collectible, you know. <laughs> You know, it's just fun to collect people, you know, you know, just interesting characters along the way. You get some super rare ones, which are super powerful. (laughs) It's, yeah, I don't know. I had a great collection. Level 10 speed. This is like, oh, dude, this person is fully prepared for battle. It's like Pokemon cards. Triple star. You know, this is a triple star, man. Did you play Pokemon? Oh, yeah. Growing up. And then my parents threw my cards away. I like how you. (laughs) Why? Because they were of Satan. Yeah. Wait, are you serious? I think so. It must have been for some reason. Were like you allowed that. to wear, watch Harry Potter? Absolutely not. Me neither. Yeah. Witchcraft? Yeah, but that's real magic, you got to understand, <laughs> Becca. Harry Potter is real. That is powerful, demonic <laughs> Pow- shit. Powerful, demonic <laughs> shit. Yeah. That's some real... That's some, a lot of people don't realize that, but Harry Potter is actually... <laughs> Hogwarts is real. And they're recruiting people that fully believe in it, so... Uh, that's black magic. Black magic. Human sacrifice? Did they sacrifice humans <laughs> in Harry Potter? <laughs> no, but you, that's what was going on behind the scenes. At least that's what my parents believed. How did they? How else did they do the magic? <laughs> how else were they? Real people? <laughs> how else were they so powerful? It is the work of you know. Imagine, yeah. Okay, no, no hate though, because okay, Harry Potter is amazing. I was so frustrated when I finally watched the movies. I know. Yes, I, I, I didn't read the books. Sorry, don't. I read the first three and I got bored, but that's because I was twenty-two. What does that mean? I th- doesn't that mean you would be interested at twenty-two? Are you saying that? No, I just meant like I got bored because like it's geared towards eleven-year-olds. You're gonna have some angry fans. <laughs> 
but that's like nostalgic. Like people reread them like in their twenties because like they loved it as a kid. Like for me as a twenty something year old, for the first time, like everyone was on the bandwagon fifteen years before, and I'm like trying to catch up. You know, like everything in life. You know? <laughs> Except you're way ahead with the kid. I am way you're, ahead. You, you, well, were, you had a kid way before it was cool. <laughs> well, in LA. That's true. Like 24 oh. is a fucking normal ass age everywhere else. Oh, that is so true. Yeah. Oh, In LA, people have their first kid at like 47. Yeah. I mean that's a gross exaggeration, but not really. Cool. I had a I had a nanny. literally a gross exaggeration. No, my nanny family they had their first kid at she was 40. Yeah. I mean, so people just do it differently around here. Well, Nick and I bonded a lot, obviously, over our Christian upbringings, mm. which is something that always kind of brings me closer to people. It's, That's what Jess and I bonded it's a lot It's crazy too. how it's almost like a culture that, you know, it's like when you meet someone from the same country as you, like, you know, when yes, I see a South African, a I'm like, oh my gosh, my family, like, how are you? Even if we just meet in the street, there's something about like growing up in the church that someone just, you know, who has done it as well. You just Especially, get it. like homeschooled and all you that get, shit. You you're it. like, it's like when you join hands and you're like, <laughs> you're like wow, did you feel that energy? That Not was- energy. Holy spirit. Thank you. <laughs> get high on the most high. Well, okay, so that's how Nick and I's friendship then really got to develop. Speaking of which, um, I moved to LA and I just didn't have that many friends. And so we just started kicking it all the time. And we were both dating people that we both liked, you know, like it was like, I really liked your girlfriend and you really liked my boyfriend. So we'd all hang out. It makes it sound like we were swingers or something. I know. And you would (laughs) and Becca would come over to my place Every single night. Pretty much, yeah. Every single night. And we would just spend hours, hours just talking. Smoking and, so much weed. And just talking and just about the most random stuff and going on these long, long things for hours and just like la- dying of laughter like every single Well, because here's the kind of, this is like what a typical night would, this is how it would go down. I'd call you and be like, well, at one point we only lived like literally seven minutes away yeah, from each other, which thing. in LA was insane. So I'd be like, what are you doing? And of course you'd be like, nothing. I'd be like, cool, I'm coming over. Yeah. And then... I'd come over and we'd smoke weed and we'd end up eating some shitty food yeah. like chocolate oh, Leo's taco truck. <gasps> Shout out to Leo's taco truck. Shout out to Leo's taco truck. Um, we're not sponsored by them, unfortunately. And but, then, but Leo, if you're listening, <laughs> he's not sponsored. Hit us yet. up. <laughs> Hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> and then we would like look up chitty chitty bang bang clips on YouTube. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Everyone must go back and watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. The, no, the they don't design. have to go look it up because they the child catcher is ingrained in all of our memories. Okay, but uh, I, I was just watching some clips from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang the other week. <laughs> and it, Wait, were you really again? Yeah, I was because the whole scene where he pretends to be like some dancing clown thing, it was in a with castle. His, with his wagon? Oh, no, no, no. no. You're the talking castle. about the, yes. Yeah, oh my gosh, it's crazy. You mean when she's the doll? Yeah. And she's like, what's that song? Click, click. Yeah. Oh, it's coming back to me. Yeah. And then, yeah. And it was just, it's just amazing the amount of effort that people put into their film back then. Yeah. But it's amazing just like the effort and the talent back then because nowadays it's just CGI.com and they do everything. Right, just, but they had to create this flying, uh, floating car that would actually function well, like, like it, on land and sea. And in Mary Poppins, they constructed that city. 
Really? Yeah, in like a warehouse. They did it. They That's did cool. that thing. They still do that. Do they though? <laughs> do they though? Actually, I was just on set for Ray Donovan in New York, and it's just like a whole. Hello, this is Life with Becca. What were you on? It, uh, so Ray Donovan's an HBO show. Why Ray, were you on set with Ray Grayston's, Donovan? Grayston's dad writes for it. He writes the show. Okay. Or he did this past season. They didn't just want like you know bachelor people <laughs> no. for like clout. Hey, can you post us? <laughs> so. Here's the snack this table. Season, I'm so excited to watch Ray, hashtag Ray Donovan. What are you so excited to watch the ceiling? Well, get this. You ever heard of a little show called Ray Donovan? No. So I was on there to watch that, which is really interesting. I had never seen like a TV show created in a warehouse before. It's really fascinating. And I got to meet the lady from It's Always Sunny, who's Mac's mom. I don't know. You didn't watch It's Always Sunny? I did watch. Oh, anyway. So, but yeah, they still do construct like whole like giant living rooms oh, and like wow. outs. It's really interesting. No, that's cool. So anyway, um, we'd watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang videos or like Christian rapper videos. No, but and just, just like everything. Die I, you know, we would just make up songs. We would nerd out about memes. We had a whole period of time where we were just talking about... This is, like, before memes were, like, actually a mainstream thing, which sounds absurd now, but there was a time where, like... Well, it's just getting convoluted and, like, self-referencing and... and meta. And, and, and meta. And we, we, we b- basically, like, create our own lectures yeah, about, like, meme And structure. we were just nerding out about, like, you know, like, how you have to know the, the origin of some meme to get this other thing that happened a year later, which is self-referencing. We would definitely, like, get high and nerd out on music, too, a lot, too. Oh, no, everything. This was, this, this was like, months, almost like a year, like, almost... It was super fun. Years. Uh, no, like almost a year of just like, you know, we were spending time with each other. And then the everything changed. And then Becca, and then I was, you know, well, pumping you up. Yeah, and I was, and you had, uh, your phone background was an encouragement. <laughs> yeah, me. Nick had sent me an encouragement text and he's like, what was it? It was like, they don't. Yeah, you are settling. I don't know. You are settling for them. Oh, you're a queen. Oh, you're yeah, pa- like yeah, all yeah, this yeah. They're not sh- settling for you. You're settling yeah, for them. Just like this. So this inspirational thing, and then you had it like kind of screenshotted with like the background was just like Bachelor para- in Paradise. Para- Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. So Our- I went to the Bachelor casting with all that in mind. <clears throat> Nick was my yeah, hype man. Yeah, you were Facetiming me on you on your way down. I knew she was gonna get it. I knew you were gonna get it for- because to me, I. I- you know, and I'm not an avid watcher of The Bachelor. Too much surprise, you know. <laughs> but um, to me, it's almost like chess. Like what you are, what you could bring to the show, you know, because you're so you're so smart and witty, and you've got a strong head on your shoulders. Cut. You had a pixie cut, and I'm like you're the chess piece of you, and the fact you were younger, but also you know, I think you're smart and witty, and you were just an amazing chess piece for what you were. You know, I was just like, you've got it, hundred percent. And then checking. And then you disappeared. And I was so sad when you, I was, I, I remember I was at your house, you know, that weird limo came and picked you up. And I was just, I don't know what I'm going to do for <gasps> oh two my months. God, my friend's gone. helping me back when I, I was. I was over. I took that photo of you being, <laughs> of you being on the bed, like doing their stip, stupid grin saying, oh, I'm, I'll see you guys in two months. Or some <laughs> bullshit. And then I was so sad. And then you called me from like some Italy. Country. And I know because I had your location on my phone. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my gosh. I'm so happy to talk to you. And, of course, you just talked about yourself and didn't ask me how I'm doing. <laughs> Were you going through your breakup at that time? Um, yeah, Nick I've, was I've, going through a breakup for, like, a year where he, all he wanted to do was talk about how sad he was about the breakup. Well, <laughs> and Becca was just living her life, and all she wanted to do was talk about her life. Yeah, and how, good, and how good things were going Ooh, for me. Good. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. <laughs> then I got lost on the weed farm. 
oh shit, that was a whole I other I almost too. dropped you as a friend. I was so mad. Okay, wait, let's get into that in a second. I was, I was, okay, I don't mm. know if I want to. I was pissed. I think we should get into it. Well, the thing is. Stop. It, okay, Save what's it. So- Save it. We're going to do an ad real quick. Hey. An ad or two. Dude. This is a good. L- now people are on edge, though. They're like, I am too good. Okay, go. Okay, Nick, you're a composer and musician, but you're not a surgeon, correct? I'm a surgeon. <laughs> I, I got. Fuck, the, there goes the lead in. I do surgery on the beats. <laughs> okay. okay um, sorry about that. Maybe a rhythm doctor, but not like. <laughs> Did you just say rhythm doctor? Did you. Yeah. <laughs> but not like performing oral surgery or taking my blood type of the uh, that's not what you do okay this is anyway so bad <laughs> what you do is important and beautiful for the world but i think we can agree that those people who work in around the medical community deserve our love and respect and if anything at the very least they should feel comfortable at work for real though these amazing people wear scrubs they should make them feel good well that's possible because of figs Wait, you get to wear a comfortable uniform to work every day. Why shouldn't nurses and doctors? That's actually true. Also, I saw some ads for figs on some billboards, and I really like their design. And They're like, pretty cool scrubs, right? Yeah. Anyway, is- figs is an amazing company that makes scrubs stylish and functional for people who deserve it most. For years, medical professionals were forced to wear scratchy, ill-fitting scrubs. Forced! And they weren't designed with innovative technical properties to protect and hold life-saving tools. Figs did something to change that. They create the highest quality medical apparel so that medical professionals look their best, feel their best, and perform at their best every day. The fig scrubs also are infused with antimicrobial properties to control odors. What's that? Antimicrobial properties? Yeah. So the, the microbes don't get to you. <laughs> Okay. To go Science. on. <laughs> to control odors, ridiculously soft, moisture wicking, and features four way stretch. And figs are made with yoga waistbands and come in a variety of styles. Yogurt waistbands? Yoga waistbands. Okay. And come in a variety of styles from classic straight legs to joggers and skinny styles. Jess has a pair of figs that she wears literally everywhere. She does. And quite frequently. And though she's not a medical professional, they are that comfy and soft and look really good too. Hop online and check out their style. And if you aren't in the medical profession, a gift card for figs is a great gift, something your friend or family member in that industry can truly appreciate. So whether you're one of the awesome humans that works in healthcare or someone that wants to say thanks to these deserving folks, figs is going to make that easy by providing you with 15% off your first purchase using code chatty. Get ready to love your scrubs. Head to wearfigs.com, W-E-A-R-F-I-G-S.com and enter code chatty at checkout. Okay. Have you ever heard of MeUndies? Um, yes. Have you ever tried MeUndies? No. Nick? <laughs> have, I ever try- have, Nick have you ever tried MeUndies? <laughs> <laughs> so it sounded Shut like up. you're asking me if I've tried on your undies. No. Fuck. I sure I, uh, hope okay, not. Moving stop. swiftly onwards. Moving I, swiftly onwards. Go okay. <laughs> the most comfortable underwear of all time is me undies. I know you've probably seen all the ads, but they are actually amazing and so comfortable. So it's officially the holiday season. People are shopping for gifts before you freak out about what to get your person who you've only been dating for four months or whatever. <laughs> um, remember me undies is anything but ordinary. They have a gift for literally everyone and they deliver straight to your door with free shipping. 
That's a holiday miracle right there. And MeUndies makes the perfect hibernation undies and loungewear, so you never have to leave the house. Whether you're looking to match undies with your boo before roasting chestnuts on the fire, as one does, or just want to cuddle up with your favorite furry friend in a onesie, MeUndies (laughs) has you covered, literally. Their fabric is three times softer than cotton. What? Softer than God's breath actually and they are offering x size extra small to 4xl oh and meandy's nose is getting cold out for some of you broads which is why they've got even more cuddly products they've got new robes you can treat your feet in their soft new slippers or the whole fam can match with their baby bodysuit. i need one for ruth Okay, MeUndies has a great offer for our listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. This is a no-brainer. That's they actually have a one, great. They have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Whoa, that's right? confidence right there. Uh, that's confidence. It's me They're going sat- into a relationship. They are guaranteed you're going to be satisfied. I think that's the way to say it. Okay, get your 15% off your first pair, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go to MeUndies.com slash chatty. That's MeUndies.com slash chatty. Um... This is so interesting doing this with me and you because me and Jess are normally so structured, but you know, we're creatives, we're artists. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this is free form. No, this is all intentional. Baby. This is actually all scripted. You know, <laughs> I had to memorize all we these have, lines. We have, um, what are they called? Prompters. Prompters? Yeah. Is that what they're called? No, we just have people giving, you know, the old school prompters, you know, with just people having pieces of paper. This one. <laughs> yeah, Evan's sitting here it giving just, it, feeding us our lines yeah. like really fast. <laughs> um, so I got back from The Bachelor and honestly a lot in our friendship changed after that. I don't think so. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just putting you on the spot. Like, wait, what do you mean? Wait, no, we're talking about this right now. Becca, what the, what do you mean? I thought everything was the same. <laughs> A lot shifted. I got into like a serious relationship and got, uh, I know. And was dealing with all the show stuff and I was traveling all the time and then I got pregnant like three months later. Oh my gosh, I remember when you told me I think you said like And you were like, You've got to have an abortion. No, I did not. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going on record, off record, beside the record, and like waving to the record that I did not say that. Okay. I was so supportive. Yeah, all I wanted were. to just do show up for you. You know, you and help you think you through, through this clearly. I was directing you. To, I was saying, you know what? You should seek out advice from people that are older than you. Like everything, just I was. You know, that's true. You were dropping some wisdom on me. I wasn't saying like. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not say that. But you also disappeared really rudely to go and trimmed weed. I was actually. Oh frustrated. wait, the weed story. I forgot. We have in the middle to talk about ads. this. This okay? Because okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I was furious. Okay. Here's my ins. You already know what happened. What happened was, which by the way, broads, one in one of our first ten episodes, actually, we sit down with one of the girls I trimmed with on the farm, and we like broke down the whole fiasco of what really went down. <sighs> what really went down? Because here was the thing: from the outside, from the people on the outside, it was very different from what I was going through. What I was going through <laughs> is just I did seriously. No, no, no. But you don't understand what the people on the outside was thinking was going down that's what i'm saying is that you are being fed info from a psychopath i know life never changes it's just (laughs) politics and everything okay so what happened was long story short i pissed off the girl i was with she was my lifeline to the outside world because she was the only one that had cell service 
I figured she was, even though she was mad that she was sane and that when my family was trying to contact me, she would say that like, I'm back on the farm and like, I'll be leaving in a week or whatever, which is like, I guess uh, it's, it's another lesson in like trusting people is like, people are (laughs) crazy as fuck sometimes. So I basically, she left and she told my mother that I was being held hostage by meth heads with knives on the farm. Basically, yeah. And didn't give my mom any more information and stopped texting her. Basically, I was with Chris. It was my ex. Your ex. And we were like freaking out. We were like sitting. Yeah, because my mom called you guys. Yeah. Well, it was some, I I yeah, it was something like we were freaking out because the information we knew is you're off the grid. These people came back. And they said knives, the last time when they were leaving, <laughs> knives were pulled and everything. Which and then utter bullshit. And, and then I was like, okay, in my reality, Becca's gone, Becca's missing, knives are being pulled, we were talking <laughs> to your parents, and we were freaking out. Then I was extra selfishly angry because I was like, how could my best friend just disappear for two weeks and just like say, okay, whatever, Nick, I'll just put off friendship. It was just like, it was just crazy. I was overreacting. Chris was freaking out. <laughs> and Well, okay, but... To, to to justify how you guys were feeling, you, literally the info you were given was that there was meth heads with knives. Like yeah, holding knives hostage, were pulled. Basically. And I was just like, okay, cool. So how do I relax? And they said like people, they said people on meth or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was just, it was so scary. And then you guys, you know, you guys got, I mean, ev- everyone almost got involved. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah, my dad, I got an email from him that said, Becca, I'm coming to find you. Like, but I got a weird feeling. I was Bad supposed ass. to leave in like five or six. Yeah, he was going like taken full, full Liam Neeson. Yeah. I was supposed to leave like five or day, six days later. And then like one night I just like couldn't sleep. And it was so weird. <gasps> and I was like, I've got to leave. And I left. Oh, really? You yeah. just felt like you had to leave? Yeah. Like it was crazy. I had been sleeping like an angel, like the whole two weeks I had been there. I was like passing out for 12 hours at a time. Just relax while everyone in LA <laughs> is freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's kind of crazy. On the night my mom filed the missing persons report, which I didn't know, obviously I had no idea what was going on. I just couldn't sleep all night. And the next morning I was like, you know what? I got to go. I was in such a rush that I didn't even get paid. Like they were like, we don't have cash right now to pay you. And I was like, I don't care. I got to leave. Wow. So you were just, it was like had a feeling. It was almost like some spiritual, bizarre. It totally was like, like an instinct. You could feel people really wanting yes. you. Yeah. yeah. Wow, I was like, I, I was like, you know what? I've got to go. It so, was kind of bizarre how the problem got resolved. Like we were freaking out in LA, just not knowing what to do. And then suddenly like the next day we were, you were back on the grid and then, totally. you, then you FaceTime me all happy and chirpy. And I, and I was dealing so with I, that's, that's, four, that's, five days of just festering, well, just anger. Everyone was fucking pissed at me because I got back to service and I was calling people and I was just basically like, Hey, what's up? And they were like, <laughs> Rebecca, tears streaming down people's faces, you know, like you're alive. And I was like, what, what's with the overreaction? Why'd you report me missing? I didn't like, no one even told me what they had been hearing on their end until like the day after so i was just being rude as hell to my mom just being like why did you file a missing persons report and she just like didn't explain it to me so i was just like rolling my eyes at everyone like why are you so freaked out of course i get it now so um (laughs) but but anyway (laughs) i want to talk about how like our relationship changed when like i had started having a family yeah that was that's a really hard thing you know to kind of have you know, even, you know, I don't know if you guys have just even as simple as, you know, you have a best friend 
and then they get into a relationship and then your dynamic changes, you know, because ordinarily they're calling you up, you know, when something... To re- hang out whenever you're, you're calling like, them. They're going through a hard uh, hard time and, you know, they, you, they used to be calling you or coming over yeah. and now they're going to the other person's house and all that stuff. And True. I remember, like, yeah. for most relationships, always being kind of bummed. I'm like, ah, oh, dang, you know, like, I'm going to see her less now, you know, because, you know, we used to... You know, you used we to be coming to, over yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah. You would get into amazing relationships and everyone would be dope. But it would be like, ah, you know, now, you know, yeah. seeing them a little bit less. And then when you got a family, that was really hard because I had to, you know, being supportive of that. Meant- well, on my end, I was in a really weird place, too, because I can actually now look back and see it with clarity. Mm-hmm. At the time, I didn't really, like, fully comprehend what was going on. But especially like in the last few months of my pregnancy and in the first few months after, I was like in isolation mode from everyone. And I think like you included, I think a lot of people didn't understand and I myself didn't even understand what was going on. But like I was just basically avoiding Mm. everyone and literally all I wanted to do was like sit alone with gray at home and when you think about it you're like oh yeah duh that kind of makes sense like that's like a weird survival instinct like mama bear in a cave like hibernating until the baby comes kind of thing but at the time it was really hard it was really hard for me because i didn't feel like myself and i also knew that i was like sort of pushing away people at the same time it was it was hard i mean i think it comes down to you know love you know, when you lo- love someone as a friend, it's not just like a it's a feeling or whatever. It is a decision. And my thing was just like I had to just, ex- you know, accept and support you disappearing because I knew you were going through this chapter. And even, you know, you having Ruth, you know, that's another p- person at the top of your totem pole of yeah. your friendships and love and being like, you know what? Like this is a this is a chapter, but you know I've. But you would give me some passive aggressive shit too. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Because sometimes it can be a little bit. Welcome to Planet Becca. <laughs> Do you take a seat. <laughs> oh, shut up! Like it's not Planet Nick. No, no, it's Planet Becca, and I arrive on a very big spaceship, <laughs> which takes up most of the planet. But ultimately, <laughs> you know, it's. Yeah, um, You're like my spaceship actually has its own orbit. Yeah, as I have an, well. I have an orbit. You know, you know, I have a, it has its I have own a small air- staff of three hundred. I on have my, my own area spaceship. code when I land. <laughs> um, um, but yeah. I mean, it was about me because I was fucking like pregnant and all this shit for the first time. I know. I know, I know you were, but the bachelor was about you too, and I just wanted to be about me for <laughs> once. Just kidding. <laughs> Honestly, you being on the bachelor was the f- craziest. The because yeah, I don't, can you talk about what that was like? I as mean, a friend I don't the like the thing is. I think you're the tops. The, the, you're the, you're like you're sort of famous now and i just think it's funny and i don't really see you as that at all so it's just i was almost like the first time i watched you on the bachelor i kind of like teared up because i was like seeing like one of my best friends like going out there and doing it it's like you hopefully tearing up when you see me play a massive yeah, like arena fuck you 100%. tour like oh this well, is nick doing his thing well, it was also, that. it's different because it's something that you talk about like you've talked about your hopes and dreams and your aspirations yeah. for your career but i also talked about my hopes it's, and dreams it, of being on the fucking yeah, bachelor and it's like you know you have like a, like a best friend and they have their little personality quirks and all the little things that make up them and then you see them shining out for the world on a tv show and them being themselves and you're like oh my gosh there's like my Becca she's doing it and it was it was weirdly emotional and you were just it, you know what's weird is it was, it was emotional for me too when I actually first watched the teaser 
I actually had like a little bit of an existential crisis and like a little bit of an anxiety, a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Because I suddenly realized that this was not just like for me and my friends. Suddenly I realized that it was something that millions of people were going to see. And that was a scary moment. I mean, it's, you go through that with, you know, even creating music and creating art, you know, um, you're just in your little cave, you're making your little thing, you're doing it for yourself and you're making something. And then, it's released and it's just not yours anymore. Well, it's like, I think Daniel Day Lewis that, you know, probably one of the greatest actors of all time and he's retiring. He retired now. And I think a lot of the reason he did was just the emotional trauma of almost like having a film and it being your film, you know, it's your, it's your project. Did he talk about this? Yeah. Yeah. He's talked about this where, you know, he becomes a character and it's just, the project and it's yours and then when it comes out it's no longer yours it's everyone's and it's almost like a breakup or a death it's you have to let it go that's how i felt like when i was releasing this last you know song lonely shade of blue it was you know it was a song that I'd, i sort of started working on almost four or five years ago i had the little piano ditty at the thing we worked in the production for like two years it was such a journey working on it and it just never really left my room and or the you know my car and then suddenly it's just emerged and it's in the world and it's not yours anymore. And you're, it's almost like a gift and you're letting something mm. go. And it's bizarre. It's so weird. So it's really emotional, almost like seeing you just out there and knowing that, okay, Becca is something really important to other people mm. as well now, as, you know, as well as being you know, someone so important in my life too. That's, That's so right. profound. Thank you for that. Oh. Sweet. Welcome. Hey, what's the next card I'm afraid of? <laughs> <laughs> What's my next cue? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm oh, getting no, my, paid for this, yeah, right? Yeah, my earpiece is falling out. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, actually, though, that was really sweet. So when are you going on The Bachelorette? Is it The Let or Bachelor? Well, you have to be on The Bachelorette to okay, be The Bachelor. Okay, because is, is that a bunch of men fighting for yes. one girl? Oh, my gosh, I'd kill it. It'd be a layup. She'd leave with me in a week. <laughs> what would be your strategy? I wouldn't. I just would be... <laughs> And just be like, sup, baby. I'm listen. I'm settling for you. You're not settling for me, okay? So figure your shit out. Go date your people. Do it. And then, you know. You're just sitting by the pool smoking a <laughs> like, cigarette. Dude, listen, like on your you, phone. Yeah. <laughs> You're next up, Nick. Nah, I'm not, dude. Give it away, dude. I'm chilling. She saw me. We made eye contact. She knows. She knows. She knows. <laughs> She's like, I'm not into you. Ah, yeah, but you are, though. I'm breaking up with you. Yeah, but you're not. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. <laughs> I love when you play hard to get. Yeah, I love when you play hard to get. Dick, go home. <laughs> Come here. I miss you. Shut up. Go away. I wrote this song for you. It's called Lonely Shade of Blue. Yeah, I wrote this one. And all the other ones before I met you were about you. <laughs> love you, babe. Can you talk a little bit about where you gain your inspiration from your songs, though, actually? Gain it? Um, from Heartbreak? No, actually. I mean, it's interesting because, like, I... Okay, so musically, my inspiration, I'm almost like very inspired by things that aren't necessarily in the. I think of myself like a Beethoven type. I think of myself as Beethoven. (laughs) So, you know, yeah, so I'm like. (laughs) Well, the the thing is, is that um, I'm really inspired by music that almost is far removed from the genre that I'm making. For instance, you know, I have a song song called Ticking, and someone would say, you know, if you had to put it under the, um, an umbrella of another artist, someone might say, oh, it sounds like Tame Impala, it's psychedelic type of thing. Sure. But for me, 
I inspiration I get for me it's country for me it's country <laughs> but you know I grew up playing you know when I was homeschooled I was only you know for a period of time I was only allowed listening to classical music and I learned to listen to something like Strauss and get the energy that someone would get from a well-produced you know what do the kids say bop I don't know you know but <laughs> then I would <laughs> you know and but then the musical language in that I would re- in, reinterpret into a different context, and 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 I love textures and I love colors, and I really like that you give yourself permission to even deviate from what you're comfortable with. Yeah, if that makes sense. Like I was actually listening through uh, yesterday morning, actually the new album that you're coming out with uh-huh. um, that you sent the link for. Oh, that might be secret. That you have an album releasing. Every artist has an album releasing at some point. Yeah, it's a philosophy. You know, the new album. The new that's album. A, that's, a, that's a phrase. Yeah, the, your new album, you <laughs> that's, know. That's tw- a phrase. 2025, yeah, 2025 whatever. You know, so, the, the old, you know, the artist <laughs> saying, you know, the new album. The new, you know? yeah. <laughs> the one that's in the works. So, <laughs> is it, do we have to cut that, really? Or no? Maybe, we'll see. No, it's fine, it's fine, it's, it's fine. fine. Sorry, Jay. So I was listening to you. <laughs> I was listening to, you know, some projects of yours. Um... And yeah, I don't know. You're just, you are eclectic in every sense of the word, which I really love because it's like the way I like to decorate my home eclectically. I like to dress eclectically. And, you know, it's like a gathering of all these different Mm. sources of inspiration, giving yourself permission to throw it all together and see what happens. And I think that really describes how you make your music. And it's so special to listen to. And I don't know if you still do this, but I remember in the earlier days, you would gather all of your sounds. I mean, yeah. now talking about it, it sounds like maybe a little more like kitschy indie, you know, yeah. like, but you would throw books off a table oh my gosh, and shit yeah, like I, that to make all your sounds. And you would craft these tracks of this amalgamation of all these different uh, like sounds that you yourself had created at a specific point in time. Yeah, it's like trying to create, you know, it's, it's so hard because, you know, I make music with computers, but the whole thing is you want to make something that sounds human and organic and, and organic and that can breathe and, you know, trying to create intentional mistakes you know trying to make something sound wrong but right you know and then ultimately making raw really yeah and and trying to make something that you want to listen to you know and and something that you enjoy and being selfish about that and and just making something that you personally believe in not factoring in you know other people i think that's something really hard in la is to maintain the childlike creativeness in you because you get it you get to la and then suddenly at the end of the day you're turning something in you're doing this Mm. and sometimes i I, for last last year i was really you know it was really hard for me because i started associating music with anxiety because i was putting a lot of pressure on myself every time i sat down to create and for a while i thought that i lost it i thought like i can't make music anymore what's going on how did i convince Mm. myself i had something to offer to this world with music and i and i had to actually figure out practical things to get back into it for instance i was playing games like one hour of fun creativity a day and i would just like (laughs) force myself to have fun you know and i and then it would be the thing thing of like i hate what i'm making nick what then i have to remind myself oh no no no, this is fun this is cool and then you find your little that little voice that little flame again and then some magic happens and you know how do you think that ties in for i mean i think it has 
practical application for people that aren't musicians necessarily. Like, I think that each person this is going to sound so cheesy, but I think every person has a bit of artist in them. And like, we have to keep 100%. that, that flame alive of like having like a passion for life and not having this things like ex- existential anxiety in general. I mean, I'm kind of turning this to something maybe a little deeper than it is, but I feel like what you went through and how you came out on the other side can really be applied to people who have like lo- are losing their like zest and spark and joy for like living yeah i think well i think everyone should create in some form like sometimes for me if i want if i didn't want to work on music or even if i even did an exercise once where i didn't want to work on the song i was working on so i I decided to just paint and draw in the colors that i thought the song was you know because i just didn't want to sit at a computer because sometimes that's not that musical just sitting by a computer and just doing something i was just like i want to get in the space of the song but i want but i need to just draw just make something what a, i think you it need looks to break like. up your day yeah. and i think that that can like even apply for someone in a desk job like yeah. go take a freaking walk outside for five minutes and take a deep breath of air and like and the other thing like important i can't remember whose quote it is but you know inspiration is there it just has to find you working i think that an amazing thing to realize say that again inspiration is out there it just has to find you working what does that mean Do so it's like it's like sometimes you just for instance I think I, it's like, let's say you're the best in um, location scout in the whole world. You know, you you find all the best locations and everything and, and you know, you, you just, you, your eye is immaculate and you have to find a new location for a job. You can't wait for the, the, the place for God to just form and you to feel just inspired and be like, I'm going to go get it. No, you got to be in your car. You got to be out there and you got to go around every turn. And it's not guaranteed that it's going to be there. You know, it's guaranteed that the song's going to be there or that the painting's going to be, but you have to be in your car going mm. and, and just keeping on searching. And then an amazing thing to happen is when you're feeling really down and you're not liking what you're making, but you sit in the chair and you're there and you're showing up and then something and magic happens. And then, and then that is just an amazing lesson that can be applied to everything. I'm just like pressing forward, keep going, keep showing up. And just and just and then ins, you know inspiration finds you creative you know it it will show up. Yeah, actually, you just made me think of like at one point I was running a lot, and that there's like this thing the runners talk about hitting the wall, mm. and there's something really powerful about like the first time you hit the wall and you're like can't go on any further, but then you keep going and you realize you can go like two more miles or however many more miles, oh, and it's yeah. such a sick feeling, yeah. and I think it's the same sort of thing, and that like feeling stays with you, yeah. and it reminds you that like, oh, if I just keep pressing <laughs> onward, like I'm going to have that like yeah. breakthrough. Oh, it's, in, it's insane, and then, and then it's so parallel to everything, you know, in life, you know, uh, that was something that, that's why I recommend people to play the piano and stick with it their whole lives because that those lessons that you learn with piano are so parallel to life you know like oh i'm bored with home playing i can only do the same things i I suck and you stick with it and then it opens new doors open Mm. something clicks and then you just keep going and then new it's 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 like everything it's like everything in life you know Mm. starting a job trying to build you know, build a fan base, doing everything. You know, there's always a million reasons to give up. There's a million reasons to give up, and most people do, but it comes down to how badly you want it and staying in the chair, hours in the chair, and just I being mean, there. I mean, I think you're really disciplined. Like, just <laughs> I, as... Yeah, thank you. I think, I think you are. I really think you are. Like, you really do... 
I don't have the discipline right now to like stick with a project for months on end and like not totally <coughs> lose myself in self doubt and you know all that kind of thing. How do you handle feelings of self doubt and anxiety and constantly questioning yourself? How oh, do you man. how do you deal with that? <clears throat> Every artist goes through this. I am plagued with with ample ample self-doubt almost every day i've been lucky enough to have you know like a good mentors in my life that helped me get over some hurdles but the thing is is that are you still seeing a therapist too uh, i'm not seeing a therapist right now i have some you know some great people in my life that almost basically are therapists but i think an important thing to do is to not just only conceptually and philosophically have um you know, it's things that you can battle thoughts of self-doubt. Like, oh, you know, if, oh, I'm worthless. Oh, no, no, no. You know, like, you can combat this with like, oh, no, no, I'm not worthless. I'm actually fine. But actually figuring out practical things you can actually do. For instance, for me, you know, like creating little games, like an hour of creativity a day, like keeping a journal and writing about all the struggles and noticing the ups and downs and, and, um, f- and you know, just figuring out little... G- I'm trying to think, but like figuring out little games for yourself. I to like create fe- more feelings of self worth, or like what's the what's the point? Or I don't I don't mean it like that, but it's like what's the um, what do you find is the result of doing that kind of thing? Is it just distraction? No. Wait, can you reiterate the question? <laughs> Suddenly, I was just my brain just disappeared into a pool of self doubt. No, yeah, just kidding. No, I, didn't. I was just saying, how do you cope with that? How do you redirect yourself? I think to keep com- going. You know, a huge thing for me. I think last year I went through a really tough time where I was really depressed, and I was living in West Hollywood. And it was one of the worst years of my life. An insane year, by the way. Yeah, it's absolutely was horrible. Which, I was barely seeing you too. Well, that was actually that actually coincided that coincided with everything that I was going on with starting a family and all of that. At the yeah. same time, Nick was in a really strange place where like yeah. his roommate ended up passing away. Yeah. And it was all very it was a very dramatic year for you. And then for I was, both of us really. Yeah, and then I remember I was talking to my friend Max and he and I was telling him about this year and he said something which really changed shit for me he said well did you figure out your happy formula and just that sentence just absolutely blew me away because even though it was such a hard year for me i realized things that i needed in order to be happy for instance i wasn't surrounded by other creatives that were my own age i realized that for me i need other people then the same boat going through the same type of thing Mm. other kids my you know you know how did you find people like that by the way i got absolutely blessed in that after the unfortunate passing of my roommate i moved into a new house with similar kids my own age doing creative things and that made me feel like i wasn't just on a lonely planet okay because most of my peers were in their 30s and very successful musicians but so it came down to you know i figured out what was my formula i needed people around me i needed some green i needed to be healthy i needed to i needed to not work to, like I was doing a thing where I'd just be getting up really early, working till like two a.m. and killing myself, and I was thinking that that was the formula was the, for success. Was, that, was the right but that wasn't it. Do. I had to balance it. I had to be around people. I had to have fun, creativity. I had to be w- working on things that I'm excited about, as well as getting things done. Mm-hmm. And 
and a big thing and also I had to be finishing things and 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 releasing them and you know I've learned all these little things about myself and then I think that's just an interesting thing when you're going through a hard time starting to notice okay what is working what isn't what isn't working what are some things I've noticed about myself for instance one thing was you know, if I smoke weed at night and I cancel plans on going out, I wake up the next day hating myself. Mm. You know, and so now, if even if I smoke weed at night and someone invites me out, I just know I have this Bible of no, Nick. You realize this about yourself. You have to go out. Mm. Yeah, so you're gonna you're gonna be disappointed mm. in yourself. And so I started just you know making little lists about things. That's I've what I mean about, about discipline, myself. though. Like even little things about that with people where you like push yourself. I think out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And, and for me, even like performing on stage and, and, and you know, because sometimes the act of creativity, you're just alone in a room. You think that it's not going to emerge out of this tiny little space. And then I started doing these open mic nights at this place called Gardena in L.A. Speaking of which, do you have any uh, shows coming up? I don't have any shows coming up. I'm working on a new live show for really exciting tour which might be happening ne- early, early next year you can follow nick at nick lang on instagram uh, is it underscore lang nick underscore l-e-n-g just so you can keep up to date with all that stuff if you're interested mm. but I'm trying you to found think, your happy I'm, formula yeah well but i'm trying to think more on that question because it's a really important question and i feel like i have more fuel for the answer but um, what about uh something we've been talking about lately is uh breakups and getting over breakups we've been delving it into a lot and nick you are one of those people that when you go through a breakup you go through it fucking hard oh man Uh, for me and seeing if you have any advice for people because the i mean i it took me almost like a year and a half to two years to get over my last relationship which is i like to fully get over it you know yes i'm yes not to not have the residue of emotion and there was just a big thing for me i like that residue of emotion the big thing for me is that when you break up don't have contact uh, contact i said the same thing in the advice i was like block them do whatever the fuck you have to do but the thing is that was so good the good for me and my ex when we broke up is that we didn't contact each other out of love for the other person's growth. For instance, like let's say you love yes, someone. Be- because you love them, you yeah. didn't contact them yeah, is what but, you're saying. Let's yeah. say you break up with someone that you dearly love and it's because the other person needs to grow and move forward and all that stuff. And yeah, so you have a week of not talking. Yeah. You have a week of not, two weeks of not talking and then you want to reach out. But like the thing is they could be on a journey killing it right now and it, turning mm. over a new leaf. If you text them, it's going to set them back. It's mm. going to, you know, so, and so... That is just, you know, allowing love to be the fuel for creating separation. Not like, oh, I don't want to talk to them. Fuck them. Whatever, you know. Oh, I love that advice. You have to do that. And also that kind of shifts things into a good energy. And respect yourself, too. Respect Respect yourself yourself enough to create that distance that you need to heal. And and such an amazing, especially if you're going through your first real tough breakup, the amazing thing is that when you're in the depth of the depth and you believe that there's no way out of this, 
you do get through it mm. and you emerge out of it. And that is the biggest lesson because that is so many patterns of life. You lose a loved one. You think that there's yeah. no end to this deep, dark emotion. And you get through it. And knowing, knowing that pattern is just so beautiful. You're and breaking it's so, through past the wall. Yeah, and it's so parallel to being creative. Like, oh, I, I'm not feeling creative right now. Okay, I, that was it. You know, last year was my time for creative because you know, I was really killing it. <laughs> I'll never now, be creative again. And just being patient with yourself and, real, and being at peace about the emotion and knowing that it will pass. And that everyone's time period is different. Yeah, too. everyone's time period is different. But like, you know, loving yourself enough to give yourself the separation because that's the healthiest thing you can go through you know it's yes. like the yin yang symbol it's like do you want the light with a little bit of dark or dark with a little bit of light you know you want to do filter it through love for yourself and love for the other person and forgiveness as opposed to just trying to control them trying to freak out being mm. afraid of losing them so mm. you want to get a little contact to make sure Tighten that you, the grip. so you might make sure you still have them and all that stuff it's it's you know yeah, I think that's excellent advice. It's so true too that like making sure that you making sure you have one little line mm. still connected in case. Yeah, and also remembering that like if if they're the one that got a, I mean, I don't know, no regrets, you know. Yeah, but also you know being kind to yourself, allowing yourself to you know casually date other people just to teach yourself. Yes, there are other people out there. You know there is, and you might not be able to replace like. You can't. No, you can't. You, can't, replace you can never replace anyone, but you can still find someone you love equally or more, in a for different, different way, re- for yep. different ways and different reasons, and and most celebrate the relationship. Say that it is a damn privilege to have my heart broken by you, and it's amazing. And oh. I have such a privilege to have my heart just torn apart by <laughs> you. I adore you. I love you. I wouldn't want and anyone no else to break my heart. Else, uh, yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, and that's some sad you know, shit. And celebrating them and celebrating. And the other thing is sometimes. You know, you have a beautiful relationship with someone and it's just amazing and you break up and it's a year or two goes late, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, a year or two later and you're reconnecting again and you're trying to force something to work. And sometimes it's just nice to let that beautiful relationship be what it was. You know, it was a beautiful mm-hmm. relationship. It was a beautiful breakup. Let it exist in that instead of just re- trying to force something, relying on the fuel of nostalgia to propel mm. a, new, a new relationship. Here, here. And it's just like sometimes you just got to let something go out of celebration and love, not out of resentment and regret, you know. Damn, okay. I stop it. Snaps, that was good. Dropping some wisdom. You're going to have people in your DMs being like, can you help me through my breakup, please? You should start charging. I'm like, yeah, come over. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> can you help me through, baby? <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> For sure. Here's my address. I'll help you. Ew. No, that was so gross. That's not me. <laughs> it's not you It's naked. not me. It's not <laughs> That's not who I am. That's not who I am. Okay, I'm going to get some questions from our listeners for us to answer. I would love that. You're going to play Dr. Phil right now. Okay. Um, Oh, wait, but I might not be able to answer it, so you'll have to... It's okay. I haven't listened to all these yet, so this will be a fun surprise for both of us. Phil, what are you? You're Dr... Um, I'm Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, come on, I'm just totally kidding. Okay, thank you. That was, like, really self-aggrandizing and obnoxious. Because you're very very happy on camera, and then you're an asshole, and... Is that what she's known for? There was actually a funny meme the other day where it's like when you move to LA, you hear just the things you hear is just one thing, and then also like how difficult it is to work with Ellen DeGeneres. It's like a meme. So <laughs> it's funny. It's like yeah. But no, I don't, I don't know. know. Your doctor. Sorry, Phil, Ellen. I adore you. Your doctor. <laughs> can I can I be on your show, please? <laughs> no, you have to be like eleven and play on YouTube. I hope she will give me a piano. I will be. <gasps> you are, you you promised to buy me a piano. 
when you went on The Bachelor. You did. You did. You promised to buy me a piano. It is on record. Wait. Hey, broads, you need to actually. Okay. <laughs> Everyone comment. <laughs> buy Nick a just buy Nick a piano. <laughs> Wait, you did. You promised me. And then you got had a baby or some shit, so I never brought it up. But I decided that now's the day. <laughs> Wait, I did. You did. No, you did. I wouldn't have forgot that shit. I got it tattooed on my chest and everything. I'm gonna get you a shitty like one of those harpsichord things from the thrift store. You would get me a harpsichord from the thrift store. <laughs> you know those shitty organs they have a ton of at the thrift store. I'm just kidding. That's so hurtful. I'm just kidding. We can, we'll we'll talk about this later, honey. Okay, done. Just done. We'll talk about it on the car ride home. We'll talk about the car ride home. <laughs> Save it for the car ride home. <laughs> okay, here's the uh, question. First question. Who is this from? I, I, we're about to hear. Hi, Brats. Um, my name is Julia. Julia. I just <laughs> had a question for you guys regarding age gaps in relationships. Um, me and my boyfriend have been together for about a year and a half. Wait, I'm sorry. I have to pause this because I feel like she's hiding this voice memo from someone. She's she's like whispering. I don't know. I was kind of enjoying this ASMR type of situation. <laughs> okay, I'm going to continue. Now, and... He is my absolute best friend. Wait, I'm sorry, I missed that part. About a year and a half They've been now. Dating a year and a half. And he is my absolute best friend. We have a very healthy relationship. Um, but the only thing that kind of sticks out like a sore thumb in our relationship is the fact that he is 12 years older than me. Um, I'm 22. He's about to be 34 in December. Um, it was never something that bothered me personally i really don't care if anything i kind of like dating a man who's a little more mature um but sometimes i just get nervous what other people think about it which i know i shouldn't but i get nervous people are saying snarky things behind Mm. my back or just even what they're thinking in their head and you know i've gotten some weird comments from like relatives and stuff um but i was just wondering what you guys think I should do about that like how do you block all these things out when I'm very happy in my relationship I want to block it out or do you actually think this is something that is a red flag and will be detrimental down the line for us um I would love to hear what you guys think about it um thank you so much that is a very great question and a very relevant question living in LA you know this is kind of different given in the I mean we've been talking about LA so much but it really is a different context in different cities because like in LA a 22 year old dating a 34 year old is like so normal so fucking normal I was 20 well I was on the bachelor dating I was 22 dating a 36 year old but (laughs) yeah people get really snarky about it I don't really know why but like in LA I was dating guys who are 34 35 like it's well, the Kinda thing is, normal. I think that I think that some people freak out about it because why do you, yeah why do you think well because freak out? you are in different it comes down I think and I'm not laying down my opinion but sometimes you're in different spaces at different points in your life that's for what people assume someone, sure well if you're you know if you're for instance if you're 22 fresh out of college in, yeah or and whatever. your brain is at a certain place da 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 you're wanting this you want you know there's and then you know someone who's 32 you know, they are in a much different space. What do you but think? But not necessarily, really curious, because here's the thing. I think that people too often project how they were at that age, especially people who are, like, older. Like, I think a 22-year-old probably isn't going to look at her and be like, ew, you're dating a 34-year-old? No. But, like, a, someone in their 30s might be like, 
wow, like he's dating a 22 year old or like, oh, she thinks she can date. I mean, I think people project. Yeah, I think people project what they were like at that age. And like I, I heard that a lot. I mean, it's The Bachelor, so it's not a real relationship. Yours is a real relationship. But I, th- I still think it applies. Where oh, people that was a whole like, theme. It was well, just like... People w- were always saying, like, well, when I was 22, there was no way I was ready to settle down or this and that. And and it's like, well, that's irrelevant because I'm not fucking you, Karen. <laughs> and like... Karen. <laughs> but that's kind of... The, that's kind of... I think um, my advice is you've got to put yourself in the mindset of, like, these people, quite frankly, these people don't know us. They don't know anything it's about our relationship. It's not their relationship. relationship. It's your relationship. And what matters is that you both are happy and honestly jokes on them if they're going to sit there and judge you when you have a healthy, thriving relationship where you're both on the same level of yeah. maturity and the same time in, in life. And I don't think there's anything wrong with a 34-year-old and a 22-year-old like meeting in the middle. At the, sometimes it just works. And I think just the, the, an important thing is just to have very adult conversations about it. You know, like seeing what they want out of the relationship. Like, are you the you know, well, I don't think she's ha- she's not having any problems with him at all. She's she's more like, how do I deal with other people's opinions? Oh, yeah. So like they're they're solid. They've been dating a year and a half. They love each other. She's stoked on it, but like worried about what other people may be thinking or saying. Oh, that's so hard. It's so hard. That's I mean, so people hard. say just try to like push out what other you know thoughts. Yeah, are, but, but it's so hard. I mean, everyone like even me. That's a fear of mine. Like people talking shit about me behind my back. You know sure. what I mean? And and just knowing that relatives are talking. Oh, that's so hard. I'm so sorry to you that you have to go through that. That's really, you know, that's really that's that's really bothersome. I just think re- always reframing back to like where are you at and like why do you love this relationship? And honestly, people can suck it. People are always going to have something to say. It doesn't matter who that you're dating. That is true. People are, are, yeah. And it's your relationship. It's not theirs. And, you know, but also I think that learning to, the the, the character you're going to form by being okay with them talking shit or having a bad opinion is really going to shape you in a beautiful way. You know, and that sometimes that happens with, you know, like you having a child and just knowing that, oh my gosh, people are going to talk shit. Did it? No, but this is my life. This mm-hmm. is my thing. It's not theirs, and I'm doing my mm. and I'm doing my thing, and I have to put it aside. Grounding. It's, I am content in like where I'm at. Yeah. And other people are projecting their discontent onto my life. Yeah, and you've had a million people, you know, uh, uh, talking, uh, saying X, Y, and Z about you, but you sure. had to always, you know, for you, it was metaphorically turning off your phone and just being yourself and being okay with your life and your decisions and owning it and ground. Uh, yeah, just ground, yeah. I think ground yourself in what you have yeah. and like why you love where yeah. you're at. And, you know, because I think that throughout life, especially if you're doing something different, whether it's creatively or dating this person or that, being okay with people, you know, disliking disliking it, talking shit and that little bit of growth. That's something I admire about you is you don't give a shit a lot of the times. You just do your shit and it's amazing. And I wish I had a little bit more of that in my life because that's something that I, you know, those fears of like, what are people going to think of me is something that I've really had to try and i'm still actively trying to get over it's oh, well, really I definitely hard. give a shit but i don't know you do it is a skill you slowly learn more and more to tune it out and be like well i like the way i am and i like my relationship and that's what matters and that's what matters and that's but also you know i think it's also good to con- consider feedback you know just to listen sure, to people sure. and say okay i'm considering your feedback i'm listening to it i'm giving it thought 
I can, you know, I have an answer for it in my head, you know, it's okay. But at the end of the day, when the doors are shut, it's your life. This is your relationship. It's your baby. It's your thing that you're, grow- that you're growing. And, you know, as long as it's a healthy, be- a healthy relationship and communication is adult and you guys are on the same page, then, you know, good on you. you know? Yeah, enjoy life. Thanks, That's- Dr. Phil. <laughs> okay, well, we have to stop real quick and uh, talk about something that I'm uh, very passionate about. I'm talking about attitude. Attitude? Yeah, you know what that is? Attitude? No, attitude. With an E. Attitude. All right. Well, if you want to get the best sleep of your life, you've got to try attitude sheets. It's a sheet company. Oh, cool. They're feathery soft, made with organic clean bamboo, which is extremely breathable, and it regulates your temperature when you sleep. It's 95 degrees in November right now in L.A. Hi, hello. So Wait, it regulates your temperature in your sleep? Yeah, it does. So you aren't shivering. You're also not drenched in sweat when you wake up. And they are also antimicrobial. There's that word again. Customers have claimed that their skin's appearance improved after switching to attitude sheets. You can read the reviews and see for yourself. And they're also better for the environment because organic clean bamboo recycles 98% of the water it uses. So it's the most sustainable bedding available. And cotton uses a ton of pesticides and wastes water and it's harmful on the environment. So Mm. you're going to want to try attitude sheets instead. And if you don't like them... It's impossible, but these amazing sheets have a 30-day risk-free trial. If you're not fully satisfied, you can return your sheets for a full refund. They even cover the shipping on the returns. Attitude is betting for the educated, conscious consumer. Attitude sheets. They're soft as silk, breathable as linen, but at the price of cotton. Yes, that's right. You or that special someone you buy them for are going to love them. And right now our listeners will get 20% off their sheet set and free shipping. (laughs) Just text chat, not chatty, chat to 64,000. The only way to get 20% off your set of attitude sheets and free shipping is to text chat to 64,000. Text C-H-A-T to 64000. Zero. 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 Three zeros. Okay. Next question, Dr. Next. Phil. Question. Okay. The Phil. Okay. 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 Hi, Becca. Hi, Jess. First off, I want to say that I love you guys. Thank you. Um, My name is Morgan, and my question is, have you guys ever had to deal with long-distance relationships? And if so, what is your advice? Um, I've been with my boyfriend for two years, and he's in the Army, and he just got deployed. This is the first deployment for both of us. Um, He'll be gone for about a year. We've had to deal with long distance before, but never this long and this far away. He'll be overseas. Um, So I just wondered if you guys had any advice. Again, I love you guys, and thank you so much. Thank you so much. And also, this is the perfect question for Nick to be here for. No, I don't I don't know if it is, but you you lead the charge. I I haven't really been in a long distance relationship. Okay, I've been in a long distance relationship, but it was really difficult for me. I think it is for all people. I think that's why yeah. she, that's what she, yeah. It was really difficult. I think that, do you know anything about love languages? You know? Yeah. Okay. That is something that's really important. Can let's, you give, let's, a, let's, give let's, it a rundown yes, yes, about yes, yes, love yes, languages? Yes, yes. Love languages, um, you can Google it, of course. Love language is just um, the idea that uh, the way people give their love and the way they feel love, the way they receive it is different for every person. 
So there's five different love languages, I believe. There's physical touch. Um, and of course, like all people usually feel love in, in some level with all these different expressions, but certain people feel more loved with certain types of expression. So physical touch, acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time, gifts. and gifts. Gifts. So what's, gifts. Y- what's yours? Mine, okay, mine is, I think it's physical touch, and I think that it's, I think that it's gifts, because I'm very sentimental, really? and something really means a lot to me when someone puts an effort and thought, something, I think it is, I think it is. Mine's uh, words of affirmation and quality time. Yeah, but I've, the thing is, is that with this, that I learned a lot about long distance relationships just being just being aware of love languages because it's really if someone's love language is physical touch and they're in New York it can be really difficult for them to feel loved right now well okay I think I I understand what you're talking about with the love language so I think that it can be you know like you're saying the physical touch that's difficult but I think that if you're aware of how the other person feels loved there's some ways that you can be really intentional about expressing your love to that person even if they're very far away yeah right yeah and the other thing is like I know my parents you know that before you know we were in a long distance relationship and they you know growing up and they, that was with before social media and everything and they almost actually scheduled a date time for each other where there was just a phone call or anything. And I think that that is so important to set aside intentional time mm-hmm. for the person so that they can feel loved. And Not you, time when you're distracted. Yeah. And just like, else. this is our time. This is, this is, you know, we, this, this is what we have. This is how I can show my love. And this is, you know, and, and I'm going to show up and I'm going to, you know, going to be there for you in this little, in this, in this little bit of effort that I'm, I'm making possible. And, you know, and then also trust is so, is so important being okay, you know, you're so far away from each other, but, the, uh, but building that foundation and that bed of trust. So if someone disappears for a week, you're not thinking weird things well, is so important. Yeah. Isn't this her husband? Is this her husband or boyfriend? I think it was. I can't, I, now I can't remember. I'm so sorry. But it sound, it's like a serious relationship. It's a serious so relationship. it's not like he's going to... Well, it's different because he is deployed, so... Oh, that's so hard. <sighs> but, you know, this is... You're not alone. You know, this is... So many people have done that. I've never... For me, I really suffered in long-distance relationships. That was something that... Some people can do it, and they are good. I I, I, really I do. Difficult. I think it's always difficult. I think you do just have to be incredibly intentional about setting aside time and being like, you know, what are like special little ways that you can show affection for this person? Is it like creating a care package that has like their favorite candy and like, maybe like, you know, I don't know, this sounds really cheesy and like from (laughs) the forties, but like a squirt of perfume on like a letter or something like, Uh like all these special little ways that you can remind this person of like what brought you together in yeah. the first place. And then, and then, you know, and just... And of course, the, well, the wonderful thing is, is that he's coming back after a year. So you do have that set amount of time. Oh, that's of, so helpful. That is, that's something that's you so... You have something to look forward to. That was something that made things so easy for me when I was in a, a, a long-distance relationship is that planned time. Counting that, that, that down end, the that time. That end goal. You know, I was like, okay, this sucks, but I have this date on the calendar and that's what I'm pushing for and this is what I'm going to do. And then also just keeping... You know, like communication, like, for instance, if you're feeling a little bit weird about stuff, you know, talking about that. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're, you're if 
you you are clearly just solid in the relationship and you're going for that and affirming the person with that and showing support because at the end of the day that for him to disappear for a year and come back and have you you know you're waiting at the docks for him that is such like that is such love and that is so beautiful and that is so amazing and you know that is going to you know that is going to trump all other things um, you know, but it's it's just finding different ways to you know connect and I think show the person crea- love. You got to get creative, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, good luck with that. I'm so sorry you're going through that. I know that's so it's so hard because you love someone so much and all you want to do is just hold them and then just like just, watch just a movie, far. just do normal things together. Oh man, go grocery. But shopping you got together. this. You got this. Communication. For affirmation figuring out what his love language is is really helpful for instance if you know and being clear on that and then being really intentional in that because sometimes you could be really verbally affirming of them blah, 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 but all they want to do is just sit with you on skype mm. and say nothing mm. so being aware of other people's what they look for to make them feel loved and special just to keep it alive and then giving a little bit of effort in that specific area even if it's not your natural thing can be so you know it can be so helpful it's tough if it's like physical touch or quality time but you know there's there's multiple ways to be creative now with technology to make someone feel have you ever heard of the like 30 questions to fall in love or something like no, that what there's is like that? this thing someone created and it was like 30 questions that will make you fall in love with it. i mean that part's kind of bullshit but it's like these 30 questions that start out like really simple and then they build up to really serious questions at the end but like that could even be kind of fun where you incorporate Wait, what like, is what is it what do you know anything more about that i'll look it up i've never actually done it which is kind of interesting but i'm gonna look up some of the questions right now because it could be kind of fun to have like a list of like questions that like you could just do one every time you guys talk to each other you know because sometimes if you're far away from each other it can just be like so what have you been up to like even if you've been with this person for years i think sometimes that can happen where you're just like yeah and then you're just and yeah you're on the facetime just talking about memories you're like i remember when i miss you know right 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 okay i'm looking it up right now Okay, the 36 questions that lead to love is what it's called. What? Isn't that interesting? Okay, here's the set one. It starts like this. Give them the choice of anyone in the world. Who would you want as a dinner guest? All the way to what? Good Before making five. a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say? Like, it's questions <gasps> like this. Whoa. That's a great question, actually. That's insane. Whoa. And then it goes all the way up to this. Like, this is one of the last questions. Complete this sentence. I wish I had someone with whom I could share... Blank. A bath. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Give what? this to me. I'm going to ask you some of these. No. Absolutely, yes. No, we got to answer more questions. Okay. Actually, that sounds more fun. But, We're, like, when did you last cry in front of another person? When did you last cry by yourself? Uh, answer that. When did I last cry in front of someone? Like, two nights ago, I cried in front of Gray. I was, like, really sad about missing one of my relatives who had passed away. And last time I cried by myself, that same night before he got home. <laughs> Cute. I was crying about it. Um, okay, I'm going to ask another question, and this one is Wait, juicy. That's so sad. I'm sorry. Um, it happens. It's just, it feels good the next day. You know, it's like yeah. so cathartic when you just cry until your face is all swollen and red, and your nose is all stuffed up, yeah. and you wake up the next morning. And you're like, it's the it's the sun after the rain. You know, sun after the rain. You write a song yeah. about that. Okay, here is a question. Someone did not. Is it still recording? No, I was just checking one. Okay, here is a question that someone asked, um, not over voice memo, but I, it's a good one. Okay. 
Is it normal to fantasize about cheating? Is it normal? I think y- yes. I it's, think yes, too. It's it's normal. I feel like some people are really going to strongly disagree with this, though. Okay, here's the thing, is that I think being... And I think people are also going to roll their eyes because be like, neither of you have been married for 15 years. Like, okay. we've been well, married... The thing is, is that, like, it's normal to me as in we are sexually charged, sexually, you know, like, human beings. And the temptations are always normal. Like, you could be in a healthy relationship and then some, like... like animals. Yeah, and then you just see some, like, insane being and it's just you know naturally your brain in order to to, have sex with yeah because your brain is wired that way to keep the species going and then you're just like you do that and then you're a human and you're just alone with your thoughts and you just fantasize and i think that is a normal temptation as in it happens to everyone okay but i i this is whether it's right or wrong that's the debate i think it's normal and i don't think it's wrong you don't think it's wrong i think it depends okay but here's the thing there's like other layers because like seeing someone on an airplane and being like i would join the mile high club with them is very different i think than like having a co-worker and like mm. having like a friendship with a co-worker and constantly thinking about cheating on your partner with have them. you heard of this concept of called micro cheating um, no, but I'm sure I know what you're talking yeah, about. It's, it's something like, that my mom would call like emotional cheating. Yeah, or like you like, you have a boyfriend, but then you're still keeping up just, you know, normal G-rated conversations with someone and just like uh, that, like micro-cheating. Oh, you know, shit. I I've definitely I've, done that. I know. I think, yeah. Yeah, it's like the thing <laughs> no where, I, I think it's like that thing where you're like, I wouldn't really want my significant other to see me do this, but like it's not. I'm not really cheating. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a text where you're like, I maybe like wouldn't, I'd prefer they not see that. It's not like, it's not like you're like saying something extremely like, you know, do you know what I mean? But anyway, that's, but that's besides the point. Oh, so that's such an interesting so, question. So what do you think about like, if you're fantasi- actively fantasizing about cheating on your partner, this is where I think it's like, I, it may be normal. I don't, I think that that's something you really need to evaluate your relationship. If you're like, obsessively thinking about cheating on them with like someone in particular or like, you know what I mean? Do you, do you you hear me? But sometimes like for some people, they're cursed with the fact that like, that that is a fantasy to cheat and to be mischievous. And that is, I I know I I have, you know, I, I, I've, I've met people that like they opened up and they really struggled. Like they, they, they're in healthy relationships, but they have to put up boundaries. Because it feels fun and exciting. Yeah. Because, because they don't trust themselves because going out at a certain, you know, place and the, the, the chase and the being mischievous is something which sexually turns them on. They're aware of it. They think they know it's wrong, but they can't control this desire fucking, for these, it. These firing sure, sure, sure. pistons of desire that just occur, you know. And well, okay, this is like kind of a Christian principle, but I feel like it's like depends on how. You, I think you gotta like keep corralling yourself back in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you gotta take your. This is such. This is actually a quote from the Bible, but you gotta take your thoughts captive. Was well, cheating wrong? Yes. Yes. So can we, where do we draw the line? So is there another thing, like, can you fantasize about murder and it'd be okay? That's okay. Or then fantasize about... Okay, you bring up a good logical Like, like, well, I think it comes down to, you know, almost your, you have to... Yeah, because I would sort of say, like, there's nothing wrong with fantasizing about murder. 
Yeah, because you're not doing it. Until there starts becoming a problem where it takes over your mind. Yeah. Well, does your thoughts. If you fantasize about cheating, is it going to affect your relationship? Are you going to start being... Are you going to let it affect you, your relationship? Yeah, are you going to let it affect your relationship? Or is it going to become a hurdle? Would you... Is it? What about if you're thinking... If you're fantasizing or thinking about something constantly that you don't want your partner to know? Mm. You know, like how mm. is that going to create a dynamic, or would they even be okay with that? And if you love them, you know, would that affect shit? But sometimes, you know, you can build up things in your mind bigger to how they actually are because you're not talking about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe you talk to a friend about it or something like that. Sort of like release it so it doesn't become this like built up thing that you're creating <laughs> in your mind. I I I don't think you have to feel guilty about like ever cons- ever like thinking about cheating. Well, yeah, I think the temptation like. You know, if if we're talking about right and wrong, like a sin or whatever, I don't think being tempted to do anything is wrong. But whether you act on it, that's a whole other thing. But festering and sitting in a thing, like if I if I really don't like someone and I just fester in and it becomes a hatred, you know, then that is that is like really bad energy to invite into my life and is unhealthy and it doesn't serve you. You know, yeah, true. I don't know if there's an absolute truth in things, so if it's right or wrong or whatever, but. I don't think you yeah. have to. I, I think it is normal. Yeah. It's definitely, way. it's definitely, I think, normal. I think everyone I don't is think a lot of people like it. to uh, talk about it. Yeah. But everyone has thought about it. Being like, sure. damn. And you if know? you say you don't, you're lying. <laughs> yeah. You're lying. Your partner's cheating on you. <laughs> did you ever see the screenshot of that dm i got from that chick when i was actually talking about this topic and she was like the opposite gender makes us sick what is gender she- is she well, no, she was like saying like me and my husband are so madly in love. We would never think about another person. In fact, the opposite gender makes each of us sick. Wow. <laughs> what, what, what pillars of security you've forged your <laughs> holy temple on, you know? Like somebody got cheated on at some point. No, someone. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Blood sacrifice. You never look at other people.com over here. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> anyway, Nick, it was so much fun having you on today. Thank wanna, you for co-hosting. I want to go. I, I'm so, I'm, I hope that people tuning in weren't disappointed not to hear Jess's voice. This was so pro- fun. Some people probably will Some be, people but are, hopefully you made up And I'm sorry to you, you know, and, you know, and, but I, it was just so fun. You know, I don't even feel like I have a microphone here. I'm just hanging out with you. Well, really cool. like a lot of people are listening to you. Wow. Well, I hope, you know, I hope, <laughs> I hope you listen to my songs. Yeah, yeah. Coming <laughs> yeah, coming back to that question of self-doubt is just pouring in. It's just everyone's just like, <gasps> fuck this guy. Bring back Jess. Bring back <laughs> Jess. Uh, Hashtag justice for Jess. Jess is best. Um, anyway, broads, thanks for tuning in. And Jess will be back with our regularly scheduled programming <laughs> okay. on the next episode. <laughs> regular scheduled programming on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in. But really, thank you so much, Nick. It was of fabulous. Course. This is an absolute on. privilege. Thank you so much. And uh, we should go get some food and some Thai food. I'm so hungry. Actually, I have to leave. Okay. Me too. My baby's awake now. <laughs> Grayson texted me and said, Hey, bitch, the baby's up. Yeah. Romance so is real. not dead. <laughs> Romance is not dead. <laughs> oh, wait. Come take care of your child. <laughs> All right. Chat soon, broads. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.